Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So it is uh, the extension of the Max Fun Drive. We're in a special time period right now. Yes. That is that is why our episode is being released a day late. It is not because I have what I think is the flu. I don't know if it's the definitely flu. not COVID. It's not COVID. I've taken several COVID tests. It's not COVID. It doesn't feel well. I've not, I haven't had COVID. It doesn't seem to fit. I think I have the flu. I haven't gone to get tested because I'm not that sick. But um, I was sick enough that I could not record. It's pretty pretty sick for Sid. Yeah, yeah. I I generally don't take days off, but I did, and uh, it's great because that that it was intentional, and we wanted to release a special extended Max Fun Drive extended episode. Not like the episode will be the normal length, extended cut, but not because of the length, but just because of the the time frame. Yeah, right. This is like a the secret know. song on the end of an album. Exactly. Except it's just two extra days. Don't you didn't listen to the end of the Max Fun Drive? You had to listen to the extension of the Max Fun Drive. There you go. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, it's still the Max Fun Drive. It, you are not too late. If you have not joined at maximumfun.org/slash/join, you still can. Max Fun Drive is the one time a year. If you don't know, when we come to our listeners who support us, by the way, we're a listener-supported, listener-funded network. Uh, we come to you and say, hey, if you like what we do, if you enjoy our shows, if you enjoy this content, if you want to make sure we keep making it and can make more of it and improve upon it, uh, we ask you to join Maximum Fun and give us a little bit of your hard-earned money um, because it's nice to support the things you love if you can. Um, There are lots of levels at which you can join. You can join at a $5 level and you get all the bonus content. What what are you asking is the bonus content? Every year during Max Fun Drive, all the shows add extra content to a, a secret... Secret feed. A secret feed that you can only get to if you're at that $5 a month uh, limit, uh, level. And you get all the all the feed from all the years. Yes, everything. So, everything. Over 300 hours of, yes. bo- of BOCO uh, just for you. Uh, there's a $10 level where you can get one of, uh, one of our show's patches. You get to pick which one you want. They're all amazing. The still buffering one is especially amazing in my opinion. We won the, the max fun yearbook award for most likely to appear on a kick butt denim jacket. So there you go. There you go. It's perfect. You you want it. It's perfect for, for jackets, for messenger bags, for backpacks, for bucket hats, whatever you want to put it on. And there are higher levels as well. And we'll tell you more about those gifts later in the show, but don't wait Right now, MaximumFun.org slash join, it is your chance to, uh, you know, give what you can, help us keep doing what we love to do and what you hope, we hope, love to listen to. Yeah. Uh, so, with that being said, Taylor, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we are talking about The Last Unicorn, a uh, 1982 uh, animated movie that I happen to like. Uh. Tay, I didn't realize that this show, that this movie, was made by Rankin and Bass. By who? The the same team that did a lot of the animated like Christmas like holiday movies that we all love. Oh, I never yeah. made that connection. I didn't know that until Justin pointed it out to me when we were watching it. He said, "Did you realize that this was one of theirs?" Because we, you know, a lot of if there's some sort of classic holiday animated thing you love it was probably Rankin and Bass hmm. that's interesting mm-hmm. a very different style but 
still, I, I just thought that was really interesting. Because I know I do know it was based off of a a, a book. It was based off of a, a novel that came out a few decades earlier. It came out in like '68 by uh, Peter S. Beagle, but he also wrote the screenplay as well. Now, did the book have that many songs? Like, did it like <laughs> sing as you read? Or no, no, it was not a not a not a musical not a musical book. No, um, I was impressed by the sheer number of songs because most animated movies. Even like the Disney ones now that are like mm-hmm. quote unquote musical movies that have all the songs, they don't even have that many. It's usually like, you know, two or three big ones. Well, and typically if they do, it's a character singing right. and they're not as there are throughout the last unicorn scenes of just sort of like, it's almost like a music video. It's like a yeah. song playing while these beautiful images of the, the unicorn or the forest or whatever the, the scene is. Yeah. An eagle soaring. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that sort of has that same like they, they do that in Fern Gully too, where it's like here's sometimes the characters sing, sometimes it's just like a cool ambient song about rainforest in the background. Yeah, it for some reason, and the music isn't this at all. I don't know why, but I I had the thought several times watching it this time, like this is kind of metal, and I don't know why. <laughs> like like you know the soft side of metal, which is about like. Like, what? like, so, you know what I mean? <laughs> it reminded me of, um, because I've watched this with the girls so many times, uh, the Night Begins to Shine, Teen Titans Go collection of episodes. They love those. Where it's just like these, like, they basically took, like, album art and turned it into multiple episodes of a cartoon. And there's something very awesome about it. And, like, sort of, I was going to say bad with a bad word there but i can't say that word but bad but there's something sort of like because like the the eagle and then the unicorn and then the red bull and like it's all very like cool i don't and then the music is real soft and i don't know it's very 80s either way yeah well (laughs) because there were all those other sort of uh i mean they were more for adults like metal aesthetic animated movies that came out i feel like around the same time period or about like wizards and and stuff and dragons that you know yeah had the it's very sexy animation (laughs) they do yeah they do i mean that's definitely part of it and it's not an animated one but it gave me labyrinth vibes also Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah i was like this feels like they would be in the background of david bowie doing some some magic now who was this and Tay, you might not know the answer to this, but I, I don't know. Was this supposed, like, who was this for? Was it supposed to be for kids? Or was this an attempt to make something animated for an older audience? Because it reads older to mm-hmm. me. Well, that, that's what I, I thought that was interesting. Because, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid, of course. Like, I thought right. this was for kids. And then watching it again as an adult, I'm like, oh, I don't. There's a lot of stuff here that it's not, not. It's not bad for kids to see, but they they say they, they say some bad words, you know. There's some mm-hmm. there's some boobs. There's some <laughs> some yeah. nudity. Uh, I don't know. I I'm not really sure. Like it was it premiered in theaters. Um, so I don't I don't know if it was intended as a kids movie. I mean, this was my first time watching it, and I didn't. You get that feeling when you're watching a kids movie or kids TV show, like ah, this is not for me. I didn't necessarily get that watching this because, I mean, I'm watching it for the first time as a 21-year-old adult. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. 
Yeah, it definitely. And I mean, I remember as a kid knowing that it was about something else or feeling like that, like thinking there's a level to this I'm not getting, but also still not getting it. <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's something else happening and I don't know what it is. I still feel that way when I watch it. Like, I think that <laughs> yeah. there's, I don't know. I don't think it's trying to just have like a tidy little, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not hating on animated movies that have tidy little messages, but you know, usually you kind of can distill it down to a sentence, mm-hmm. you know, like Frozen's about finding your true self, you know, there's mm-hmm. other yeah. messages there, but like, it's very, I, what is the last unicorn really saying at the end? I don't, I think it's just more of like a, it's more of just a fairy tale. Like this is just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't know. I was going to say, Tay, do you want to give like a quick like summary rundown yeah. maybe for anyone who's unfamiliar? Uh, yes. The the Last Unicorn, uh, well, it tells the story of the Last Unicorn. So that is our, our main character, voiced by Mia Farrow. Uh, oh. And she she discovers that she's the Last Unicorn. So she tries to seek out what happened to all the other unicorns. Um, and uh, that leads her on this sort of path to uh, to the Red Bull who has has captured driven all the unicorns into the sea uh and along the way she meets sort of her her traveling party there's a a a not very good wizard there's a molly grew who's just i don't know like a a cool middle-aged lady yeah (laughs) Um, uh and they they end up at this this uh king haggard who's this uh angry old king who's the reason that all the unicorns have been captured he he kind of uh possesses the red bull and uh, she she challenges the, the Red Bull and sets all the other unicorns free. Uh, in the process, uh, she's turned into a human briefly. And while she's a human, she falls in love with a prince and then has to sort of let him go, uh, regains her form. I don't know. There's a lot happens. <laughs> yeah, I told Cooper was there watching it. And I told Cooper she pointed at the unicorn, but in lady form. And I was like, she's so pretty. And I was like, and she's a unicorn. And Cooper was like, what? What? <laughs> that, sorry? She could not process. She was like, that's not right. Like, uh, yeah. That yeah. Is, remember the unicorn from earlier in the film? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely her. I mean, um, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I would say when I was a kid, I mean, and still, honestly, like Lady Amalthea to me was the most beautiful woman that ever lived, that mm-hmm. ever existed. That was the pinnacle of beauty to me. Was Lady Amalthea, the, the transfigured unicorn? <laughs> unicorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she really is. I will say though, and this still reads the same to me. And I, I always remember thinking, like, I feel like that's something I'm not understanding. The unicorn horn, like the pattern around the base of it, and then the same pattern that's on her head when she's in human form, always looks so painful to me. Mm. There was something about it that made my head hurt. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I would look at it and think, like, oh, this is painful. This is important. I don't know why. I don't understand. <laughs> it reminded me of the Infinity Stone that's in Vision's head. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's like there. That's her Infinity Stone. <laughs> yeah. Or Harry Potter's scar. Yeah. Hmm. What's up with things on foreheads? I don't know. Well, I mean, aesthetic. I don't know. I mean, she had a horn. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> what was worse was the fake horn mm. that yeah. the that Ma- she Mommy gets Fortuna for, puts on her. Yeah, that that was always worse to me. That looked awful. Mm-hmm. That looked like I don't know the way that um, Wolverine's claws look when they 
And they like swoop out. Yeah, and you like you feel like they're cutting. Are they cutting his skin every time he does that? Yeah, because he has healing powers. So they. Yeah. Okay, that was my assumption: is that his skin was getting cut every time. That's how that horn looks. It yeah. looks like it cut on its way out. Oh. Always. I mean, I'm not saying it did. I just mean it looked painful. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Then she's she's momentarily not a unicorn, right? What it's a, it's a two horns. Is that binacorn? Binacorn. binacorn. Mm-hmm. That just sounds gay, but all right. That's a different podcast. Would it just be bicorn? Because you, you knee is like one. It's like the U N I is all from the one. So if you take that out, make it bi, isn't it just bicorn? It's a bicorn. <laughs> like bi- bisexual corn. That, that's what that sounds like. I don't know. Isn't the I? I don't want to reference other. I, I don't. I'm not stealing from other podcasts. Isn't on Taz. It, don't they call it a binocorn? I'm just saying, like, but this and, is me re- all the way also revealing that I do not listen to my <laughs> husband's podcast, which is not don't take it personally. I almost never listen to any podcast because I just don't I, I don't have any sort of commute or time to listen to podcasts. I now have an English degree, so I'm just saying, like, you know, according to the English language, correct the correct pronunciation and creation of the word. Would, would this that could, just be bicorn? This could start a podcast war if this is true. I've, I've yeah, read the graphic novels, so certainly I should remember. I don't remember. I feel what like Gerald, if he's a binocorn. Binocorn just sounds better. I think that's. I think that's probably the, the reason. Either way, we can agree better. it's a bisexual mythical yes. creature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's fine. I feel like this this movie has absolutely no gay content, and yet it feels very gay. So that's probably it fine. does. <laughs> Can't explain why. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe part, yeah. Of the, part of the message there. <laughs> we, I, I would definitely add this to the collection of things that like, this is ours. I don't know why this is ours, but this is ours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I also think like, absolutely. Like the first time I saw like Lady Amalthea in the human form, I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful lady. No, no, no. I don't want to look like Lady Amalthea. I, I love Lady Amalthea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also hadn't noticed until you just were talking about it, Tay, but there is the Red Bull in this show. Yes. Like, like, like the drink. Not, the Red this, Bull. I think this predates Red Bull. I think so, you're right. Yeah. So did Red Bull, is this from, is this the origin <laughs> story for Red Bull? I don't think so, because I'm pretty sure, wasn't Red Bull, didn't it originate in the UK? Oh, I don't know the story of Red Bull. I don't, I don't know. I don't actually know either. Now that uh, that also sounds like something for another podcast, but, <laughs> but it gives you it gives you wings. So in my head, I was like, oh, maybe. Well, it's, I, I will it's say wings. though. I mean, if you think about like, we all just accept Red Bull, but if you start to think about like, this is a drink that is made to just like hype you up with with what is like. I mean, it's a stimulant. Yes, and it's not. I mean, it doesn't give you energy in like a positive way necessarily right like it's a stimulant um and it's that is what its intent is is like just hype yourself up feel kind of anxious and jittery but don't fall asleep is like the message of any sort of energy caffeine based drink Mm -hmm. and they called it red bull so its entire existence is sort of like if you step back from it and look go that's a wild thing that we just have that we just all accept and order with vodka periodically like that's a wild thing yeah it would make sense to me that it would be inspired <laughs> by this movie. You know, like if you were watching this and it was back in the 80s and maybe you were using a substance. I don't know. We weren't because none of us were born when this movie came out. But maybe you were. 
And then you were like, I'm going to make a drink and I'm going to call it Red Bull and it's going to give you energy. Doesn't that fit? Yeah, I mean, it, that's a that's a, that's a good workaround. It's not true. Uh, I, I just briefly looked up the history of Red Bull. That's not where the name comes from. <sighs> uh, where does it really come it, from? It orig- the, the recipe originates in Thailand and the original name translates to Red uh, Gar, which is a type of uh, Indian bull hmm. or Indian bison. So, uh, so it was just, just a translated, you know, version of the original name. But Interesting. I think Red Bull itself started in Austria. Um, um, oh, I had no idea. So, so no ties to the, the animated film, unfortunately. <laughs> um, well, well, I, that makes more sense what you're saying. <laughs> I is like it's fun. I, I it's not as fun, <laughs> but but that makes more sense. Well, sorry, <laughs> sorry to disappoint. I mean, it would be no. It, I think if you were if you were going to make a, a drink inspired by the last unicorn, it would be obvious to use some Red Bull. Uh, mm. What if you made a can- like a drink that was really soothing and relaxing and called it the last unicorn? And sold it alongside Red Bull, <laughs> like something that's like like supposed to calm you down. Is it uh, like something with chamomile or lavender and or something? You chase it with Red Bull? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's not how that works at all. <laughs> like how the like how the Red Bull drove out the unicorns. So like you chase the unicorn with the the Please, Red Bull. No, this is what it is. This is what it is. This is going to be a new brand of vodka. <laughs> Red Bull vodka. Wait, but that have is- you ever heard of that drink? Well, yeah, I thought you meant like a brand. Of- no, Last Unicorn Vodka. Okay. That is really funny, though, because you said as a chaser, like, make a cocktail called the Last Unicorn and then have it served with a back of, of Red Bull. It's like, oh, it's a That's Red Bull exactly chaser. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> uh, in certain circles, that drink would go over so well. So well. well. <laughs> you know, I, this is, we talk about movies a lot that like, it was this a big thing? in general or was this just a big thing to me and I, I feel like Last Unicorn is one of those movies that I don't know a lot of people that saw it and loved it as much as I don't know Sydney did you even have the same fixation on it that I did or was that just me um I did so not to the degree that you did I did really like it was one of those that had a huge impact on me um, but it also, because of what I was referencing, like I felt that it was trying to tell me something that I couldn't understand. Mm. I also had this sort of, I don't want to say negative because it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. It made me kind of sad it is, yeah, and a, and a little scared in a way that I couldn't quite put my finger on as a child because I was like, it's telling me something about innocence or like death or so, there's something in here that I don't get. And so I, I, I had this sort of like, I, I didn't rewatch it as much as you did because it made me sad in a way I didn't understand yet. Mm. Well, I've, I've met, uh, it's only in like other, like like specific, like other weird art kids that are like, oh yeah, I was obsessed with The Last Unicorn. Like it's not, I don't think it had the broad impact that I assumed it had when I was younger. I thought everybody must have seen this movie, but I have met people and it's like the people that love The Last Unicorn Really loved it. <laughs> well, I think that for a lot of the reasons that we've talked about, I do think it ha- it connected. If you were a certain type of, especially if you were, uh, I don't know, if you were a kind of kid like we were, where like we were looking for those sort of like deeper adult 
kind of, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to understand these things, and I don't. We were both big readers, you know, yeah. searching for those things that's why uncle michael showed me a lot of family (laughs) yeah you were looking for those big thoughts yeah i was looking for the adult messages i I feel like we were both like that though like looking for those big things and i'm not saying you weren't riley but you weren't around for this movie yeah Uh, and like this movie really satisfied that like i'm i'm hitting on something larger here and I'm, I'm getting clues. I'm getting clues to something. And this takes me a step closer. It, it's it's kind of a bummer, like, the things that do make sense now that I knew made me sad as a kid, but I didn't know why. And now I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like, I watched the movie. I rewatched the movie the other night, like, after a very long, very bad shift at the, the restaurant I'm working at. And, like, the Man's Road song that comes on. <laughs> just, yes. like, just sitting alone in my apartment crying to that song. It's like, yeah. <laughs> It's hard out here. You don't know what's what's coming for you, sweet little unicorn. You don't know the truth you're going to have to learn. <laughs> the songs are really, uh, like a lot of them are quite sad. If you watch the, I had, um, just because we always do in this house, I always have subtitles on everything we watch because there's usually kids yelling and screaming and other pads going and Roblox being played and random noises. So I always have subtitles on. And so like all the lyrics to the songs mm-hmm. were going across the screen at the same time. And it was like, whoa, it's deep. whoa, man. <laughs> well, and like the broader sense, I mean, we, we kind of talked about the message is hard to decipher, but I mean, there is the whole concept of like, uh, can immortal beings truly experience like, like feelings to the same degree that that mortals do because part of feelings I think come from like the fact that life is fleeting, that things are temporary. I think that that it it implies that that's part of part of our humanity comes from the fact that we will die one day. That part of our ability to love and care and regret and feel things comes from the fact that we are momentary creatures and that a unicorn's immortal. And so it can't experience those feelings. So this unicorn is forever changed because she experiences regret, which is something that is not, offered up to immortals that's a big thing for like little kids to wrap their heads around it's huge and would be tackled many years later in the good place that exact idea the thing the thing you need to understand about humans is that they're a little bit sad all the time are you suggesting that the good place was a continuation of the messages brought on by the last unicorn at least existed in the same universe well, before we address that, <laughs> let's check the group message. I, uh, I need to tell you all a little bit more about the Max Fun Drive. As I already mentioned, it is that time of year, the Max Fun Drive. Once a year, the Maximum Fun Network, all of our all of our family of podcasts, we come together, we reach out to you, our listening audience, and we say, "Hey, can you help us out? Um, we are a listener supported network. We make content uh, and hand it out for free." And uh, we do have we do have ads occasionally, but largely we are supported by you, our listeners. You give us a little bit of your hard earned money or a lot of it, whatever you can can manage. And we keep creating shows for you, hopefully new shows, better shows. We, we can improve our audio equipment. We can devote more time to developing creative new content, researching for some of the shows that require research, uh, purchasing. I can tell you for uh, another show I do, not plugging on this show. 
that um, it can be expensive to purchase like articles for research projects and new tech, original primary texts and things like that. And all of that is stuff that your dollars help us do. Um, in addition, Taylor, Riley, I know both of your lives have been improved by our listeners and their and their support. Yeah, um, I I would not be able to go to law school and go to law school where I am going to law school in D.C. in the fall and do so, uh, you know, in a way that is not stressful and trying to figure out how to get a job while I'm there also doing law school and all that kind of stuff, um, taking out more loans than I already am for tuition. I'm able to do all that because of this show, and, and I would not be doing that if not for this show and all of our supporters. Yeah, and uh, I, I um, mentioned I work in a restaurant. I, I have worked in restaurants for 50 to 60 hours my entire adult life, and uh, for the past few years I haven't had to work quite so much because of y'all out there, which has been really nice, especially through the pandemic where restaurant work was pretty hard to find. Uh, this this podcast was the only thing keeping the lights on, so uh, I uh, am definitely uh, deeply, deeply appreciative to all of you who support us. Yeah. And this is the time to support us because during the Max Fund Drive, uh, if you either join for the first time, start a monthly support for the first time, or you upgrade your membership. That's the other way that you can get a gift is if you're already a member at the $5 level, but you feel like it's it's been a year where you can afford to bump up to the $10 level, or if you're at 10 and you can go up to 20, whatever. Um, if you can upgrade your membership, uh, then you also get gifts. So either way counts um, at maximumfund.org slash join. Uh, but what are some of the gifts, Riley, that people can get? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sydney. Um, like we talked about earlier, if you join at uh, $5 a month, you get all of the bonus content immediately. As soon as you uh, sign up for that membership, you immediately get access to, like Sid said, over 300 hours of bonus content from every single year of the drive, from every single show on the network, um, which is great fun to have to listen to and add to your podcast catalog. Uh, for $10 a month, you get one of the 35 embroidered patches, as well as a Letterpress Maxone membership card and the bonus content. So that's important that you remember at every level, you get all of the gifts associated with every level below it as well. Um, so you'd get a super cool patch along with all the bonus content. You get to pick one for your favorite show or your favorite patch, whatever you want to whatever you want to use to make that decision. Uh, and then moving up from there, there are other levels like the $20 a month level where you get the Max Fun Creativity Pack or a Rocket Hat, as well as one of those patches and the membership card and the bonus content. Uh, the Creativity Pack will help you get in a creative headspace and live life to the fullest. There are 54 cards in the deck and each card has an activity suggestion from someone on the network. Uh, and the hat, super cool rocket hat and maybe you can even put you know one of your patches on that hat so you get a patch and a hat you can put them together um above that there's 35 dollars a month you get a messenger bag there's levels even beyond that um but you know all those ones i just mentioned you get all that sweet sweet bonus content cool patch cool hat or activity deck all that cool stuff for joining right now so whatever whatever level you can join at or upgrade to, we truly appreciate it. As as Taylor and Riley have already said, 
And as I have mentioned, there are uh, real tangible ways that our lives are improved and therefore the content we can create for you is improved with your support. Um, and we thank you so much for yes. doing that. MaximumFun.org slash join. This is the time. This is the moment. This Please. is the time. <laughs> this is a moment. That sounded like a really inspirational song that you were writing. Right there. It did. It did. I'm going to keep working on that. This is when you join the family and you get a gift. Max Fun Drive. This is a time. This is a moment. <laughs> I think that was I'm really just good. gonna let you keep going. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see where this goes. <laughs> well, that's all I got. I, I feel like that. that I feel like we need that eagle from Last Unicorn yeah. to soar over yeah. the top while you're singing this. this sounds. Like, I know. This sounds like a Red Bull commercial too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Griffin had that song about Max Fun Drive from forever ago. This is mm. the this is the new moment. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping up. This is the Max Fun theme song. Now. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> anyway, I'll keep working on that. Um, get to it next year. I do think it's really interesting, Tay, what you just brought up, because maybe that was the thing that when I was thinking back on this movie before I rewatched it this time, and I was thinking like, oh, I remember the last unicorn that it was a, it, here was, here was before I rewatched it, here was my thought on it. It was a cartoon and it was about a unicorn, but there was also a scary bull. <laughs> and I think it may have been about God and the devil. <laughs> I mean, like, really, in my in my like huh? recollection of it, this is how it had sort of like solidified in my head is like, I think it was some sort of religious allegory about the fight between good and evil and the unicorn maybe was Jesus. I don't know. But like, <laughs> and then I rewatched it and I was like, well, that probably wasn't exactly what it was. <laughs> that was wrong. And I but that was how my kid brain processed like good, bad yeah. Oh, it must have been God and the devil. Um, but I do think what you said is closer to what they're trying to talk about. Well, yeah, I don't, you know, and I, I think I've, I've, I've seen interpretations of a religious context here, but, and I watched it looking for that. And I do not think that is, that's not what I get from it at all. I do think it's about, I don't know. I mean, it is about immortality and about, I don't know, I mean... What is the choice that she makes in the end? She chooses to, like, protect the the, the magic in the world and, and go back to being an immortal, knowing that she'll regret missing out on the experience of, like, temporal love. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's not religious to me. That's something else. No. That's a deep decision. That's a deep moment. It was. Was it, was it written by a vampire? <laughs> I don't think it's about va- I don't think it's about vampires. I don't think that's what it's it. It sounds a little like vampires. Twilight? It sounds no. a little like Twilight. <laughs> no. Was this the inspiration for Twilight? <laughs> no. I'm joking. Um no, but that is a really complex idea. Uh and I don't know. I guess you could I guess if you wanted to, you could you could tie that to like some sort of Christian allegory where like I mean, seriously, like, I know everybody's going to laugh, but, like, you can see a a Jesus-like figure in an immortal who becomes mortal briefly and then makes a sacrifice to return to immortality, but has al- but will always feel more connected to mortality because mm-hmm. of that. I don't know. Like, you can see, I could see where maybe my brain, pro- and especially as a kid, like, we used to go to church, so sure. I would have processed it that way. 
I don't know. Yeah. I didn't process things that way as a kid. I didn't even know Veggie Tales was a was a religious thing. Well, okay, so, that's a little yeah. bit more on the nose. <laughs> Just, they were stories from the Bible. I didn't know them. I thought they were Veggie Tales stories. But they were We had from very the different Bible. childhood experiences with the same parents. <laughs> I just, but they like some of them are just good lessons. Like they're not necessarily, they're just like morality tales. But some of them are like Veggie Tales was my Bible, like Rack Shack and Benny, my Bible, and Nebuchadnezzar. Nope. Yeah, Esther. I think think if we like threw out all the all the 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 stuff that people do with the Bible and just replaced it with the lessons you learn from Veggie Tales, I'd be okay with that religion. Like if you want to believe in what veggie tales is putting forth i think that's fine <laughs> i believe in bob and larry <laughs> i am not i am very much uh, not a not a religious person but i'm not offended by veggie tales based religions <laughs> you you were a huge fan of madam blueberry which to be fair the title madam blueberry is like madam bovary but it has nothing to do yeah. with madam bovary <laughs> but i just in, liked anyway i just liked her style anyways um <laughs> But I could see how you could get that from this movie. I don't think that's necessarily what I got watching it. Um, In my head, when I read the title, The Last Unicorn, and I wasn't really thinking that it was from 1982, but I was like, climate change. (laughs) We've lost all the unicorns. This is the last one. And then I was like, no, this is from 1982. This, that wouldn't have. I mean, Fern Gully, I guess, also kind of had that message. There was. Well, I would say there was such a strong, like, I mean, I feel like the conservationist narrative at the time, and, the, and especially, I mean, this was made in the 80s, but in the 90s, we, that was an element that uh, was part of media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, no, it would it would have fit in because even though we weren't talking about climate change back then the way we do now, mm-hmm. the idea of humans destroying the planet and we need to make changes to avoid this sort of catastrophic direction we're headed in that's rooted before then right so like it would there were things like that like i was aware that was what i mean if you had asked me when i was like charlie's age what do you want to do when you grow up save the rainforest would have been on my (laughs) list i mean seriously like those sort of messages were really pushed from the probably the 60s Mm -hmm. on when it was recognized like with pesticides and pollution and i mean all of that cutting the rings on your soda cans still do that that campaign was so effective. We still do it, obviously. Um, but but there definitely was that message that like we are doing devastating harm to the planet that cannot be undone would have been known when this movie was made. Um, I don't know. That's what they were saying. Mm-hmm. I but I mean, I think that you know that because you know one of the characters we didn't really talk about is the the king who is the reason that he's he's driven all these unicorns into the sea. He he is very much like if we want to talk about like the the evil archetype of like man's you know folly like he has captured all of these immortal beings so he can watch them trying to free themselves from the water every day and being driven back and that this is the only thing that brings him joy and and you know like man's attempt to conquer immortality this way which you you have throughout the movie right because mommy fortuna is the other sort of villainous character and she's captured this harpy and her whole like thing is like, yeah, they, this harpy might murder me, but I'll live on forever as the thing that captured it. That's it's these kind of desperate humans grasping at immortality through some way instead of just accepting. Like, I do think that there's a bit of that 
conservationist method of the earth is ideally is meant to be immortal. It's meant to live beyond us. We have our time here and then we leave it, but we are meant to preserve the immortal things that need to continue on um, mm-hmm. and not try to grasp at them and conquer them because you can't, you can't conquer death. You can't, we're mortal, we're mortal things. And, and I mean, I think visually like the attempts to do so in the movie are ugly and destructive, you know, like just visually, you don't want to be part of those forces. Right. Um, Mama Fortuna is depicted as this kind of, you know, twisted, angry figure. And I mean, I think I think you see that like visually. These are dis- these are de- and they're destructive to yourself. Like yeah. these, not just to the earth and the people around you. An attempt to harness more immortality destroys you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, now that we're talking about it, I really do think like mortality is the central issue because even like Molly Grew, who I man, her speech. I'm going to get choked up just thinking about it when she sees the unicorn and mm-hmm. she says, why, why would you come to me now? Like, cause she's older and you know, like not when I was a young maiden, not when I, you know, I waited my entire life to see you and now you're here and I'm mm-hmm. old. Like that, you know, that, that is, that is a, a heavy message of like, you know, this sort of older woman who feels like she's lost her beauty and that now she has her purpose to like take care of the universe and, and then when she just is like okay i'm ready to go up like accepts that this is her path i'm going to help this unicorn i don't know that's like what do you think she is why would you come to me now do you think what we're talking about is an understanding a knowledge is that i mean i know literally it's the unicorn but like <laughs> i was gonna say it's a unicorn metaphorically well, I mean, I think, you know, it's like, like the unicorns are meant to come to beautiful young maidens. That that is, that's what she was taught, that that's when she's of worth. But mm-hmm. like now is when the unicorn needs her. Now is when she's needed. Now is when mm-hmm. she's on her path. And, you know, I don't know. She she accepts it. Like mm-hmm. this is this is my role to play in, in protecting this thing. I mean, which is sort of the same with Schmendrick too, right? Like yeah. he's just sort of a like middling not happy unsuccessful wizard and then as soon as he sees the unicorn he's like oh i have to free you and i have to help you you know like she Mm -hmm. gives purpose to these people that were otherwise sort of lost and they accept their roles and just sort of like even the prince really he says you know like he's the he's part of like being like no you she needs i love her no matter what she is and i will serve her and i will help her become a unicorn again (laughs) so the unicorn's kind of a destiny fate could be a religious what whatever sort of grander purpose it's like a purpose yeah mm-hmm. i mean everybody that serves as like a caretaker of her is is on the right path which once again yeah. you could take it as religious but i think it also does have a cons- conservationist sort of method that, or message there like we huh. we're we're temporary things and when you live as a caretaker of the earth that you're allowed to be on you that is the right that's that's the right thing to do. Mhm. Not not be resentful of the things that outlive you. It is it is really interesting to think about those sort of themes. I can't imagine that when we some of the different programs and stuff we've talked about like specifically I kept thinking about what you were saying with the good place. Mhm. Like, it's hard to imagine that these themes didn't inspire people in some way. That, like, those ideas weren't deep in their brains when they started making the things. Not directly, like, I don't mean, like, this is a, 
You know what I mean? I, I'm not yeah. saying like plagiarizing. I mean like that idea, that concept, that theme. Because yep. um, I really do, which I know you haven't seen the whole show, Tay, but like what you're talking about is very much in play in the show The Good Place, mm-hmm. which was what I found the most moving and heartbreaking and beautiful part of it was this idea that like as an immortal it's hard to understand what it's like to be mortal because as they put it we all walk around a little sad all the time because we know this will end mm-hmm. wow well I didn't mean for it to get that oh, you're tearing up I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> no I that's that's what we were talking about <laughs> in the very beginning of this episode you said who is this movie for obviously going through all this talking about all this not necessarily for kids. The real meeting, obviously, is for us. Well, but, like, my kids were watching it while I was, and they were enjoying it because, I mean, honestly, the parts they liked the best were just looking at, like, look at that beautiful princess. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the music scenes where it's Love just, that. like, here's a unicorn walking through this gorgeous forest, with, and there's, like, a butterfly sometimes, and yeah. there's flowers, and, like, it's there's a song playing, and they were just both, like... What are what is mommy watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was glad that I picked something that your kids could watch without. I don't know a few of the things that you that I've picked. It's like, oh, no, 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 not for kids. Don't don't let your kids watch Perfect Blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, figured that out. But this one, yeah, that I mean, the deeper stuff. I don't know. I mean, I, I looked it up. It was marketed as a children's movie, but I don't think that the the core message. It's not inappropriate for kids. I just think it's no. it, it can be enjoyed. From, uh, I mean, not just adults, I think specifically anyone that is old enough to grapple with thoughts of mortality. This this movie is trying to sort of comfort you like, you know, there's something special about being mortal. And that is the temptation, if you will, of, of the u- last unicorn is that, you know, the, te- the temporary joy she'll get from mortality. Yeah, that no, I, I and I think that it's interesting to think that when we watched it, I mean, at least I had this experience and I think you would say the same. It was nipping at my brain that I was, that something else was there Mm -hmm. and I couldn't process it then. Um, Which I think is a really cool thing for a movie to do for a kid. Mm -hmm. Like there's something here that I can't touch yet. Yeah. But when I'm older, I'll be able to touch it. And, and and it makes sense that it made me sad in a way I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Well, that, because I wasn't contemplating mortality that directly. <laughs> well, and I think specifically that regret is touched on at the end. I mean, I don't know. The concept of regret is not a thing that kids' movies talk about. I don't like regret is part of life, and that that's what sets this unicorn apart. That is that what mortality is? Is does it come up to regret? Because is that where? I mean, is that where so many emotions come from? That we know we only get so much time, and we only get so many chances, and that some chances will pass us by. Some roads won't be taken. We can't do it all because we only have so much time. Wow. <laughs> on a, Sorry. On a, I'm trying to think of something on a positive note. I don't think um, that's negative. I just think it's, it's, it's big. <laughs> no, it is big. It is big. Um, it is a beautiful movie, Taylor. Thank you for mm-hmm. for bringing it. I guess sorry. <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 a beautiful movie, and my again, my children enjoyed it without any sadness. Like they did not feel this; they liked the movie. Um, so I don't think it's like bad for kids to watch. It's just, I mean, it's 
it does all these things. And that's the mm-hmm. mark, I think, of a good movie or a good piece of media. Something that can do multiple things at once, make you feel different things, and generate this much conversation. Yeah. It's a good thing. So thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm so- sorry for making you watch it. Bummer Unicorn movie. <laughs> no, you don't need to apologize. I would I would recommend uh where did where did I find it? I I watched it on Amazon Prime free, but there were ads. Oh. Yes, that yeah. is that. Now that you say that, because I just searched it, but that is where I found it too. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I also had to watch the ads. Yeah, that's good. It gives you breaks to like stare into the void. I guess exactly <laughs> to process. It's not really um, sad. I don't know. I feel like it's you know it's just it's, a bit... it's not. It, it's not as sad as this conversation made it sound. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no. Trying to don't watch the last unicorn. Don't question its meaning. I guess that's that's what happens when you do. <laughs> Um, uh, Riley, what's next? Okay. Um, so I wanted to talk about a movie called One Day that came out in 2011. It's an Anne Hathaway movie. Um, I think it's another one of those. That I'm not sure it was necessarily popular, uh, among everyone at the time, but for some reason, my friends and I discovered it when we were early in high school and watched it an unreasonable amount of times. So. Well, that sounds perfect. Yes. All right. We will watch that next time. Um, one last time before we go, I just want to remind you that it is the Maximum Fund Drive. It's not too late to join. MaximumFund.org slash join. If you can, uh, kick in um, a monthly support to our network. We would we would so enjoy We would so appreciate it. Um, if you are already doing so and you're in a position where you can upgrade your membership, this is the moment. We have levels at $5, at $10, at $20, $35, and higher. Whatever you can do, we appreciate it. You can boost, too, if you just want to you, – you're not in a position where you can go up to the next level, but you want to throw in a few extra dollars. There's that option as well. Um, and anything you can give uh, – it really helps us out, as, as we've already said, at the $5 a month level, um, you get all that bonus content from all the shows, from all the years, tons of fun, extra stuff that not everybody gets access to. $5 a month gets you that. $10 a month, you get to pick your patch. They're all so adorable. $20 a month. Uh, you, we've talked about it. There are so many levels. Whatever you can do, now is the time. Please join MaximumFun.org slash join it's not too late yet. And thank you all. Thank you, listeners. You can tweet at us at StillBuff. You can email us at stillbufferingmaximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. too. I just wrote it out, remember it. This is the time. This is the moment. Maximum fun drive. Come be a member. There you go. Today. Woo. Tay. Life is a temporary experience. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. no. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in this year's Max Fun Drive. If you're a member who wants to purchase additional patches, our annual shop is now live. The proceeds for this year's sale will be going to Trans Lifeline. 
anytime is a good time to donate to Trans Lifeline, but this year it feels particularly important. Trans Lifeline is a nonprofit for the trans community by the trans community. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help Trans Lifeline connect trans folks to the support and resources they need to survive and thrive. The sale will run until Friday, May 20th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the patches from the drive. We also have a special network patch starring Nutsy that all members can purchase. For more information on Trans Lifeline, visit translifeline.org. And for more information on the patches, head to MaximumFun.org slash patch sale. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.